Hey there, Wedding Pro. This is Karen Hunt on the Celebration Pro Podcast. I am so excited to bring you all things to help empower you as a wedding professional and illuminate your dreams through confidence and connection so you can focus on your passion and celebrate all the wins. I've been in the industry over 14 years and as a former six-figure wedding planner and luxury resort wedding specialist, my passion is seeing other wedding vendors flourish in their business. As your personal wedding pro consultant, I'm popping the bottle and pouring you a tall glass of valuable topics from mindset growth to actionable income producing activities. We are breaking through that glass ceiling you've created for yourself to become the wedding pro you've always envisioned to be. So cheers to you. Let's get into it. Welcome back to the podcast. I am so excited today because we have Emily Foster. Emily and I met by chance. I'm sure we would have met somewhere along the line anyways, just because that is how this industry rolls. Uh, But one of her good friends, Andrea Shaw, was just in our membership. She'll be on the podcast uh, in in a couple of weeks here. Uh, But she brought Emily into our membership uh, to listen in to the workshop we were doing around copy Lo and behold, Emily jumped up, chatted with us a little bit about um, her example in the membership, and then came to me and said that she does a show it websites, which if you know me, I am a huge fan of show it. And I knew that this was something we needed to bring to the membership. We've been having a lot of discussion about websites and the best way to optimize and things like that. So here we have Emily. She is the owner of Emily Foster Creative, a brand and website design studio based in Portland, Oregon. Oh, we actually have one of our members is in Oregon. She'll be in Salem, but yeah. Okay. Um, Yeah. So Emily, thank you so much for being here and just tell everybody a little bit more about yourself. Yeah. Hi, I'm Emily. Um, kind of the same intro. I'm a branding and website designer and I worked in the industry of like design for several years before starting my business and actually worked in an event marketing agency. So it was interesting because I was always like very much adjacent to the wedding and event industry. Um, I joked that I was like a wannabe wedding planner or photographer. (laughs) Like I filmed one wedding and then I realized, okay, this is a lot more work than (laughs) maybe I want to do for my whole career. So um, total respect for wedding pros and Um, basically I was laid off during COVID and kind of had a career pivot of deciding, did I want to go be a designer again in nine to five, or did I want to work with small businesses and, uh, basically freelance. And then that turned into running my own business and having like set packages and working one-to-one with clients. And it's been super rewarding. I help, uh, wedding pros and all kinds of creative service providers elevate their brands and websites and have like a very tailored experience during that process. Something comes to mind because we talk about, we've been talking a lot about to our wedding pros, the experience that they give to their clients. And so what's really fun is that Emily gets to give you an experience. Like we always say, like, we're not able, we're not able to attend many weddings, but we throw them all the time or we work them all the time. And so when you get to work with a pro like Emily or like Andrea with copywriting, right? When we get to work with these people who get to be creative with us in our businesses, we get to enjoy those experiences. So that's really exciting to have you um, on to tell us more about all of this. 
Yeah, thank you. I didn't mention either the time I started my business, I was also planning my own wedding. So there's that side. <laughs> yeah, it is funny um, kind of being on the other side of that now of helping people speak to their ideal clients when at one point I was some wedding pros, ideal client. Ideal client, right. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Uh, one of the things that you had mentioned, and, and this I think comes in many shapes and sizes, is having pillars in our business and in our life. Um, but also there are pillars that we have in on our website. And you wanted to talk to us a little bit about how, you know, what those pillars might be and how to make them most successful for us. Yeah, I think uh, one thing that I see the most often in working with clients is they think they just need a website design. And that's kind of where people fall short is like, you think you just need a prettier website and make it more user-friendly and then it works, but there's so many things that go into it. So I kind of condensed everything into five pillars of a successful website and have been talking about that more recently. And uh, the first pillar, like it all starts with strategy. So your branding strategy, and then also your website strategy. And that's like where we talk about ideal clients and your market positioning and your brand archetypes, like a lot of that kind of strategic language that you might have heard. Um, if you've ever read Building a Story Brand, that's a really good book to dive into what brand strategy is and storytelling. And that's really like my specialty in working with clients is going into that because not every website designer will help you through your brand strategy and not every copywriter either. And then from there, um, the order of things kind of depends on what you're working on first. Ideally, you would work on all five of these pillars at once with a studio like mine or someone else's, but uh, I was going to say like all five at once. <laughs> I'm like, oh no, yeah. I need you. Yeah. And, and that's the scenario. <laughs> yeah, definitely not in the same week. Uh, so it's more <laughs> like phases when we work together. Like we start with your strategy and then we go into branding design, which is the second pillar. And that's like all of the pretty things that people know about, like logos and color palettes and fonts. And it's really important for those to be strategic. And you can definitely tell the difference between someone who's still kind of DIYing their branding and someone who's like at a professional level and has gotten it done by professional just by the quality and the consistency of the branding. So usually most people will start um, with that after strategy. And then from there, um, website design and website copywriting kind of go hand in hand. So there are two different pillars of what I say, but often people will go hire like a website copywriter first or a website designer first and then go to the other service provider afterward. And it works perfectly if you can do both together, like with the same service provider or like a team of people working with you because they go hand in hand and the copywriting on your website actually influences the design and vice versa. And there's a lot of opinions about which one needs to come first, but <laughs> through working in agencies and like basically going to school for website design, a lot of it is really hand in hand where it's like two people or the same person doing everything at once. And it's like really holistic. So the website design, it includes like the strategy and flow and user experience of your website, planning out the content for it, like where things will go and then applying your branding and your strategy very thoughtfully through all of that. And then the copywriting part is your brand messaging. So a lot of people get the word copywriting confused with copyright. Um, which it's just the difference between like right versus left, like that, right. And then also like writing with a pencil. Um, so copywriting is like the sales oriented um, brand messaging on your site. So it could be very like brand related and speaking to your clients. It could be kind of conversion and sales related of like saying like, hey, take action on this thing. But 
it's very intentional communication on your website. Um, mm-hmm. And then the last fifth pillar is like SEO and content um, mixed together. So content is like the images and the non-brand and sales oriented text on your website. So like blog posts, um, I often say like FAQs kind of like cross the line between like most copywriters will write those for you. Um, but it also is a really useful place to include information that doesn't necessarily have to be as sales oriented, um, but definitely like blogs that ties into your SEO. And a lot of people forget that um, SEO is your search engine optimization. And basically, if you're working on your SEO, you're just working on your marketing. Like it can be a lot simpler than people think. There's definitely tech things that we do for our clients of like implementing page titles and meta descriptions and heading tags on your website, which we can talk about when we talk about show it. Those are all really easy things to do. Um, But at the end of the day, SEO is just finding strategic ways to get more people to go to your website. And then also other ways to like link out to other people's websites because Google loves to see that you are a resource in your industry and that Mm -hmm. you're collaborating with other people. So it doesn't have to be as complicated as we think. And that's why I tie it in with content because optimizing your images is a really important part of that. And then optimizing blog posts, continuing to put out new content. And that's kind of like the ongoing thing. Like after you finish those four pillars, you're still going to be working on that fifth one kind of for the rest of time on your website. Right. Of course. Yeah. yeah. Well, and it's, it's uh, transforming right now too. The way that you apply SEO isn't the way that we always did. Some of it is, but. Mm -hmm. So where this is great, I wrote, uh, you saw me writing all these notes. So (laughs) anyone sees the video, if I'm looking down, I promise I'm doing work rather than. (laughs) Uh, And I love this. And you're right. They really all are hand in hand. You can't take one out and really end with something that is converting really. So I love that. So we have the kind of the map, but what are some of the actionable steps that our listeners might be able to take to make sure that we're doing the right things to attract those people that we want to work with? Yeah. I think that the first actionable step is paying attention to who you enjoy working with and kind of doing like market research on that um, it can be as simple in the beginning as just like taking notes um, after you finish a client project, like what felt good about it. So like when you get done with a wedding, like did you enjoy working with the couple themselves? Was it something about their personality or was it something related to their project or their budget or something like that? Um, and know what you appreciate about the style, the personalities of your clients, all of those things. And I think that will help you get really clear on your brand strategy. So even if you're not working with a professional brand strategist in the beginning, you have some like intel basically on how to attract your ideal clients. So from there, um, having that research is really helpful uh, to understanding their pain points and getting really clear on like, what do those people um, need solved? And it's not necessarily as simple as they need a wedding planner who can put all the details together because hopefully every wedding planner can do that for their clients. Um, But maybe it's something very unique to your clients. Like if you'd like to work with budget couples, that's totally fine. And um, considering like their biggest pain point is probably needing to save money or understanding what's included in their packages because they're trying to get their dollars to stretch as far as they can. Um, Whereas maybe someone in more of the luxury industry is looking for a really premium experience. Um, They might not care about other certain factors, but they really want to show up and like 
look really great to their guests and have their guests have a really awesome experience and everything go like really flawlessly. Um, so then you can kind of think about those pain points. And that's what I like to have people do before they even start updating things on their website so that you're not just like wasting your time in the back end of your design and fixing things. Um, so actionable steps, like basically writing down notes about what you like, and then writing down some pain points. And then from there to actually give you some things you can take action on, on your website, I would say, look at it and, um, analyze how much you're saying I versus you. Um, that's a good way to start working on your messaging and your copywriting. So if you look at your website and it feels like a resume, then you're doing it wrong, especially with your about. <laughs> Like we think that our about page on our website has to be like this long resume of all of our acclamations. Is that the right word? Accolades. <laughs> all of our accolades and like um, experience and everything. But your ideal clients, like while that is helpful information to have somewhere, like they don't need to know that. They need to know more about like what you can do for them and like how you fit into their story. So that's where the small trick of changing I to you can be helpful and I even did this for a client recently who um, it was like a lower end project. So we just did website design, not like copywriting. And so she wrote her own copy. And I think one of the sentences was like, I plan destination weddings um, for these kinds of couples. Like, so it's about, I think she said something like, I plan destination weddings that are a bespoke experience. So it's just kind of like changing that sentence to say, get a bespoke experience um, away from home or something like that. Like just basically changing it to let them know what they're receiving and taking yourself out of the equation. Um, so that's a good actionable step. Also analyzing like how many call to actions are on your pages, which are the buttons on your website. I often see people not having enough of those. So a good rule of thumb is to have a call to action, at least in the top hero of your website or like the top navigation. So something like contact me, book a call, inquire, and um, that way you can really get people to contact you easily because you only have like maybe 10 seconds when they visit your website to get their attention. Mm-hmm. And then um, take a look at your images too. That would be my last one, just I'm not giving a huge book here, but um, yeah, make, sure that, make sure your ideal clients can see themselves in your images. So if you want to work with a really like diverse audience, make sure that you're showing up with diversity in your images. Also take a look at the image sizes that you're using and if they're really large, then you might want to optimize those to help with your website speed. And then you also want to look at adding alt text to your images as kind of a little SEO practice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We just, at the workshop I did in Ohio recently, we had a little bit of SEO and I'm like, I feel like this is the thing where we've been told the same things to do over and over and over again, where I did learn new things. So that was great. Um, but we just never find the time to implement them. So I think one of the things you said, I was like, oh, what a CEO move is to really reflect on the clients that we have, because it's so easy to say, like, I booked this person, I planned with them, their wedding happened, and now on to the next. And we never take that time to like, A, take the win, like, woohoo, we made it through, like, they're very happy. But to sit down with the team and say, hey, what, how did everybody feel about wedding day? How did we feel about the wedding, you know, the planning process? How did we feel about this client in general? Were they the right fit? And there's so much power in that. And it's like, when we say market research, you don't always have to be looking outward or feeling like you have to ask other people, your competition, all these questions. A lot of times the answers lie right within our own businesses. 
Yeah, definitely. Especially because just like my business, most wedding pros, like we have a very personal business where we're working directly with a client, or maybe if you are like at the higher end of the industry, you're like, you're working with a client's planner or something like that, but you have a direct link to your ideal client if that is your ideal client. So it's really helpful to be able to get to know more about them. And like, we have it in some ways easier than like a product-based business who does have to do surveys or like follow-up emails and other things like that to hear from their clients where like you can start getting pieces of what you enjoy about your clients simply by working with them. Mm -hmm. I liked what you said too about like it being a CEO move because I do think there's something about like the wedding industry and photographers that you can tell when someone's been around for like 25 years and they're just kind of rinsing and repeating all the time. Like I see this a lot with more established photographers. Like, I don't know about you, but it's like they maybe have a studio and they're basically as accomplished as you can be as a photographer, but they're like never really thinking about how to shake things up anymore or like mm-hmm. how to change it. Like their pricing is maybe set. Maybe they're just raising it a little bit every year and it could be that like, understandably, we get tired in our businesses after decades of work. But I think the people who really start to grow more in their business in any sense of like getting more time back or making more money or like getting more popularity in your industry, like it's by taking that time after you finish a wedding and like talking about like what worked and didn't work, like how can we make this better and kind of pushing yourself to lean even more into what you want for your business. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. It's, I mean, I'm all about the CEO moves. (laughs) I say pull up your CEO pants and like, let's stop doing all that admin work and, and stop being like, like you're saying, rinse and repeat. Like if you're real, if you're feeling like you're on a hamster wheel, we need to like get off and like reassess the situation. Um, (laughs) but there's, I mean, so many good tips in those, in those steps that you shared and, and you use show it. We talked before we got on, we talked about a couple different uh, website platforms. Um, why is it, why does show it seem to be the growing popular platform? Do you feel? I think because it allows so much customization, um, altogether at a smaller budget. So it used to be that a lot of wedding pros, I think would get a WordPress site and you would hire a designer to build it for you. Maybe even like a web developer, like a coder. And then you would have them host it for you every month. And that's not the most sustainable for people anymore of like paying. And you have to tell them like, can you fix this? Can you update that? Yeah. So it doesn't work when we're like working in such a fast paced industry. I've also had past clients who got ghosted by their like past website host and um, websites go down sometimes on WordPress. Like I'm not saying WordPress isn't a good platform to work with, but it's just, it requires more management and sometimes more finances than we think to update. And um, so that's one thing I think show it is just more approachable, um, but it's also more customizable than other competitors. So even like Wix, we talked about Weebly um, before our recording, Squarespace, um, some of those others, like they can be good platforms and they can definitely be easy to use, but you're not quite able to customize as much as you can and show it without using code. Um, so because the downsides that I see of show it don't typically apply to wedding pros, I really love using it for wedding pros and photographers. Um, one downside is that you can't have a great shop and show it like you have to kind of integrate either Shopify starter plan or um, like Thrivecart or like something mm-hmm. similar. Um, I think there's a way to do WooCommerce too. So it's like not the best for product based businesses. 
but usually that doesn't apply to a lot of wedding pros. Like you can very easily have a course or a digital download or something small that wedding pros would have. So I love that, um, that it basically answers everything that you need. Like we were talking about those five pillars. So a lot of like brand and design customization can happen in it. The blog is really great. So show it is connected to the WordPress blog. And there's a lot of opportunity to customize those settings for SEO. And it's very user-friendly to upload blog content. And that's what I love for clients because after we work together, I think what most people need is just something that's easy to update easy to kind of maintain and they don't need to like wait on my schedule or pay like $300 a month to continue hosting their website. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's, it's uh, there. Yeah. I think there's also just like the last thing, like an understanding of the industry. So yes. I've been working with show it for a few years now and it was started for photographers and um, they have a conference. I went to it last in 2022, and then I'll be going to one this year that's like just for brand and website designers and I think copywriters now. And there's just a very deep understanding of creative businesses. Like they're doing more um, like co-working sessions and like education on show it. And so you're getting a customer service team that really understands your needs and like understands how your industry works. And they're always trying to better the platform to make it easier for you and make more sense for your marketing. Yeah. Every time I log in, it has like a picture of someone at their computer and it's like Natalie Frank of Rising Tide or Chip Dizzard, who's a photographer. He was on our summit and I'm like, Oh, look at these people. <laughs> yeah. Right space. And like, you know, Jenna Kutcher uses it. Um, I know Candace Coppola uses it, you know, like there's so many people of different creative minds and industries that do really well with it. And you can either do fully custom, which I'm sure is probably more your forte, or if there's like those people who are like me, who <laughs> like, I have to have my hands on my, on my website. They have beautiful templates as well, which I'm sure there's pros and cons to all of that too. But yeah. it's, just, yeah, there's, I've been extremely happy with, um, with show and their, their customer service is amazing. Like just five star across the board, really. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I haven't had a more like freeing experience on a website platform than show it. Like it reminds me kind of of Dub Sato where like, if you have an issue with the platform, then you can just message them in the bottom right chat. Right. And yeah. It might take a little bit of time to hear back, but usually within like 12 to 24 hours and you don't have to like call someone or like most of the time you're not going to get kind of like those condescending replies of like, did you try restarting your computer or <laughs> did you try doing this basic or thing? it's like the bot who gives you like 10 articles that have nothing to do with your question. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like it's like a little bit more hands-on and I hope it <laughs> to stay that way. Like I think the main reason that it is that way right now is like they still in reality are like a smaller business. Like they're based in Arizona and they have a smaller team that really cares about their customers. And we'll see how that continues to evolve like as more people get on the platform because I know they've seen like tons of growth over the last few years. Um, but you just don't get that experience with some of the bigger website companies. Mm -hmm. So that yeah, is like you feel like you're like your message goes into a warehouse and like who knows if anybody's going to answer it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, with show it, I, I'll talk to the same person all day long, like as I'm building and they'll, 
be like, oh, hey, hey, Yen, and like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like you get to know them kind of like there are yeah. a couple people that like I know and like I follow like one of the employees on Instagram and um, I know some designers too. I'm not a show at design partner yet. I just applied like last month, um, but it's a really intense process where you have to get experience designing custom websites for your clients and then they want to hear from your clients about the experience was like and they want you to follow certain procedures for designing the website properly. So there's also that mm -hmm. side, like they really want excellence for their users, um, even from their design partners. But I know a design partner um, who like texts one of the employees, like she has his number now. <laughs> and, like Whenever she needs something, she'll just text him. So that's I know. And that's so bizarre because like, like I said, usually you're talking to a bot or, you know, I don't know somebody who you're like, that's not your name, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. And, um, what you were saying too, about templates versus custom, I'm actually doing a workshop on it soon. So Good. I'll have that. And, um, I try to put out some content because I really do feel like the experience is similar and show it like you're still getting the same quality, like custom feel website, whether you do a template or a custom design, it's just kind of a matter of how much control you want in either direction, because you can definitely have control if you buy a template, but you can also have control if like you're having a designer do things for you. Um, and the templates don't look like boring and boxy. I launched a few, um, in no, December. Gorgeous. Yeah. And it's like very easy to update them. You just swap out images and apply your branding and everything. Um, and I designed a few in December that, um, hopefully like are very like easy to customize and like still have a custom feel. And I'll even use those for my semi-custom projects. Like we'll start with one of those templates and then update it so that it's unique for my client. Yeah. So I'm guilty of taking a template because I like somewhere to start. And by the time I'm done with it, it looks nothing like what it, like if I go into Canva, like no Canva template looks like the stuff I put out. And it, I think it's just funny, like over time it evolves and I'll say this too, because I know that the listeners are hearing like, oh, Karen did her own design in show it. I can do it too. I want you to know that the templates are, they are easily customizable, but I've been creating websites for the last 15 years. So, and it's not something that I like readily do all the time. Um, definitely. I would say Emily is going to be more of the expert in that side, Uh but, you know, if you're not tech savvy, you're going to want to hire somebody like Emily to help you through all of it. And to get through those, I mean, those are five big pillars that I would say I'm definitely not an expert in at least three of them. So um, I just wanted to clarify that because we talk about, you know, certain things being easy and certain things we need some help with. And I think this is going to be one of those things where, you know, if you're a bride and you've never planned a wedding before, you hire a planner or you mm -hmm. hire your other team. And I think it goes for the same in, in our businesses, the areas that we're not as, uh, as, uh, you know, experts and that, that we do reach out to, to the people who can support us there and do it in a way like we've been talking about that actually converts. Cause if we go on there and we just like put the pretty picture, it has to be pretty and profitable. It can't just be. <laughs> I love that. That's a good tagline. Like pretty and profitable. <laughs> I've used it before and I'm like, I need to like, I don't know, I'll make a workshop around it, but yeah, it's, yeah. you know, we want to make sure that, um, and that it all makes sense. So just wanted to drive that point home before everybody goes running to show it, hoping that they can have a website by the end of the day. It definitely takes a lot of work and know-how in the background. Yeah. What you said, like, made me think of an analogy of like, I can literally customize a template in eight hours for clients. Like I have a website in a day service where 
we start with one of my templates and then I customize it, but that's because I'm skilled at it and I do prep mm-hmm. work. So we do like the strategy and branding and um, copywriting and things before then um, in some capacity, either they're DIYing part of that, or I'm doing all the services and then we customize the template. And I feel like it's similar to a wedding planner of like, I could have planned my own wedding or like coordinated it, but how stressed would you be if you were taking calls, like while you're getting your hair done in the morning? Um, and it's similar, like, it's like kind of like an eight to 10 hour time frame, like the course of a day. It's like, I could spend eight hours on my wedding coordinating, but how stressed would I be? And it requires that prep time with a coordinator or planner to make sure that those eight hours go off without a hitch. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I have so many people come to me and they're like, Karen, can you make this flyer for me? Cause you're going to do it so much faster than I will. And it's going to look so much better. I'm like, I'm on it, like yeah. <laughs> your girl, but it's just, if you asked me to like do your taxes, <laughs> like, that's all like, no, I'm not, the, I'm not the one. <laughs> I know. I've had a few people since I started my business, like try to talk me into like going back to TurboTax. I'm like, I really just can't, like, I can't even, <laughs> I know it's a great service for like when I had a nine to five, I would do my own taxes in TurboTax, but I need someone to just handle everything like, for me. Yeah. <laughs> I need like the physical person to walk me through it, make sure you're getting all the deductibles. So you can just apply that thought process to everything, just making sure that you have the right person in place to, to guide you through um, so that, you know, this beautiful website you're creating is actually going to bring in the clients that we want to work with. So that's amazing. Well, I usually end our conversations with three questions if you're ready. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, what is the last thing that you bought for your business? Uh, the last thing I bought, um, well this morning I bought like a brand photo shoot basically that I'm going to be doing in a couple Yay! months. Yeah. Those and then always just, so fun. Yeah. Um, and then just because we were talking about outsourcing something kind of funny that I bought, like just the other day was, um, those DMARC records that we have to do for our emails. Like, basically you have to apply certain settings. I was just getting frustrated with it, even though like I know a lot about domains. So I paid someone else like $10 to hop on a call and just do it for me. Yeah. 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 No, that's perfect. Um, okay. And then this is probably going to be airing in March. So what is something that happened in 2023 that made you feel lucky? Um, I think the amount of flexibility and travel that I had with my business. So last year was a really weird year. My um, husband's in a nine to five, so he kind of has limited time off, but he had mm-hmm. enough time where we were able to go to Thailand in February for our honeymoon for a couple of weeks. And then we oh, later on okay. went to Italy for a friend's destination wedding in August. So it was like two international trips that were pretty long each time um, in the uh-huh. same year. And that was the first time we've gotten to experience that. And I think by the end of the year, I had looked like between that and some weekend trips and like downtime around the holidays, it was like over 30 days of what would be PTO. So I felt really lucky for that. And it was like a reminder about all the hard work. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We've been traveling a lot more too, not internationally. Uh, I'm working on my husband on that. <laughs> <laughs> like no one likes Americans. I'm like, well, it, they, they don't know us. So <laughs> Yeah. And you can kind of like, I don't think that's always the truth either, but (laughs) yeah, we had, um, like I would say in Thailand, they loved us. Like, um, yeah, like we're coming to spend money. I'm sure that they're happy that they have their tourism. We live in the Florida Keys. So we, you know, they, we have a lot of international, um, uh, tour tourists, I guess, come visitors come and, um, get to tour the Keys and, 
we love them because they help our economy grow. So yeah. <laughs> I love travel. Well, hopefully more travel for you as well in 2024. Yeah. And then I asked this to everybody. This is my signature question. If you and I are popping a bottle one year from today, so what's that next? So, well, right now we're in February. So February of next year, what is something that we would be celebrating for you? Uh, I feel like, I guess I'll put it out because I'm not sure how close it is to happening, but um, yes, probably, declare it. <laughs> yes, uh, starting a podcast, which I know you yes. and I talked about, I think that's something that I'd like to do near the end of this year. For sure. Uh, that would be great. Yeah. Well, you know, you know who to call to help you answer all those questions. <laughs> yeah. And then you'll definitely be on my podcast in the future. <laughs> yeah. Well, Emily, thank you so much. This is incredibly insightful. Uh, and in fact, I know we did March, but we do have, um, I said that we were going to do this in March. This may come out a little bit earlier. We'll see. So if you're listening and look at the date and see how accurate I was, um, but we are doing a mid-February workshop with Emily. So this might be coming out um, sooner than I expected here so that everybody can get a little taste and then jump in. We're going to be doing some fun hot seats and checking out websites and just helping everybody in our industry kind of level up and, uh, you know, and again, start attracting those clients that we want to work with. If they see us and they love us, we want them to say yes and to click the right button, right? <laughs> yeah. I'm so excited, especially for the audits. I think that'll be so fun. Yeah. It's going to be fabulous. Well, Emily, thank you again for coming on. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I am beyond grateful to have you here on Celebration Pro Podcast. And I celebrate you for taking the step towards growth in your business. If you loved this episode, it would mean everything to me to hear from you by posting a review or sharing with someone you know would love it too. I'm wishing you a win today and I can't wait to chat with you again soon. Until then, I'll be celebrating you. XO.